Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. All right. <laughs> My God is a good God. Amen. We've been having a lot of fun with uh, Saturday nights. have been good meetings, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've been in a bit of a divide and conquer, kind of split the service up a bit, our congregation. But, you know, every single week we've been, we've grown. We, last year, this last weekend was the biggest attendance we ever had, but last week we eclipsed that. So, so we're, we're growing, and, and the big picture is taking place, and uh, this room is going to fill up again and again and again uh, for the glory of God. So I just thank you, all of you who've really, you know, got behind this and embraced that and really pushed together with us it's a it's a good thing we're doing isn't it a good thing hey ben what are you doing ben come on up here and give a testimony you give a testimony yep right now right now (laughs) what do you see the lord doing man what's going on tell me tell me just a little pour out of your spirit just gurgle up Southwestern Ontario filled with impact churches. Come on! <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you see is. that? You really see that? I do. Wow. I do. What does it look it's gonna like? It's going to explode. It's going to explode? It's going to look really good. Amen. Yeah. What, what's it look like as it unfolds? What do you see happening? What's, what's attached to that? Uh, just religion abolished, you yes. know, just uh, people being set free. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's good. It is good. Is that it? That's all? Bubble up, Lord. Bubble up. Trouble in Jesus' name. Um, I don't know. What's the Lord saying right now, this minute to you? You got, you got a, a gold fleck on your face. Uh, we've got sparkles all oh, over the house. Oh, you got sparkles all over the house? All right, so it's not a God thing. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just Lena's it's into sparkles right yeah. now. It's Christmas. Christmas at Ben's yeah, house. Yeah. God is really good. He is good. He is really good. He's really good. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, give it up for Ben. Sounds good, Ben. I love Ben. I tell you, we do small group out in Elmer at Ben's place, and we get whacked every time. It's kind of crazy, but... uh, but God's doing something really special out there. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's a joy to serve whatever he's doing there. And it's a, it's a good, good thing. It's a good, good thing. All right, I want to preach. <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> okay, here we go. So, <laughs> so we, got a, <laughs> we got this one light bulb right up here. So it's brighter than all the rest. So that's you and your life. You're advantaged. It's a little more going on in you. You're packing. Did you miss that? Did you see that? George, George sought the Lord and got that creative thing there, and so he put it up. But you know, you're advantaged. When uh, Jesus said, He said it right there. And uh, let me find uh, my notes here if I can find them. Uh, wowzers. John six seventeen and thirteen. He said, "It's to your advantage." Say advantage. It's to your advantage. It's not to the advantage, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. When he comes, you know, where is he going to come? He's going to come to the atmosphere. He's going to send him into the earth. No, he's not. He's going to send him to you. See, the Holy Spirit comes to you. The hope of the world is not the Holy Spirit descending in the atmosphere. The hope of the world is you being filled with the Holy Ghost. The hope of the world is the body corporately being flooded with the power of God. See, the hope of the whole world is the church of Jesus Christ catching up with the revelation of who we really are in the Spirit. And we're advantaged in every way because he is with us. Jesus was local, could only be one place at one time, but now every single believer gets invaded with the same Spirit that was in Jesus Christ. And now we walk around, and as he is, so are we in this world. We're giving the devil a nervous breakdown every single time. (laughs) It's good, good. Amen? 
Amen. So the helper, he's come. So a little picture here. I love this picture. You see, you got little, little, little David and big Goliath. It looks in the physical, like, you know, look at that monster. Look at his armor. Look at his spear. Look at his sword. Look at everything he's got. Did you know at that time there were only two swords in all of Israel? Saul had one and Jonathan had one. And, and because they took all the blacksmiths out of Israel, took all the blacksmiths out of Israel so that they couldn't forge swords. Took away all their ability to do war. But you know, David, he had a slingshot and five smooth stones. Ha <laughs> ha. It's the glory of God. <laughs> I mean, look at David. You'd think, man, in that picture, that little guy, he can't do nothing. But David knew that I... This little kid without any armor or anything, just with a slingshot, because of the anointing, I'm advantaged over the biggest beast that the enemy could put before me. And you are advantaged. When the Spirit of God is on you, you are advantaged no matter how bleak or how ugly the situation gets. You are condemned to victory every day. Another day of victory. I mean, oh, what's going on today, Lord? Victory more than conquerors. I can do all things. Why? Another day of exceeding abundant joy. Another day. So we, last week we talked about embracing the Holy Ghost, all right? Three real simple things. Only a three-point sermon. Don't know why it took so long to preach because it was so simple. He is God. Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is a person. And the Holy Spirit is our helper. That's all I wanted to say last week. Took a long time to get there. There was a lot there, but I hope you got it. If you didn't, go back and listen to it again because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So listen again. Get it in you because you got to know that because the Holy Ghost is, is the, the person of the Godhead by which you interact with all that God is. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit who illumines. It's the Spirit who makes the word real. It's the Spirit who does every aspect of your life where the Spirit is involved. It's the Spirit, that person, the Spirit, who is working with you to bring it into expression and manifestation. Therefore, he should be somebody you're very accustomed to, somebody you know very, very well. You know that his breath, his voice, you know everything about him because he's your best, 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 best friend. And that's the way it should be. A.W. Tozer said, whatever comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Let me say it, God! Like, what do you think about when I say that? What you think about when I say God, what you think about when you consider God, who he is, your thoughts about God, your revelation of God is the most important thing about you. And if your revelation of God is poor, if your revelation of God is small, you're going to have a small experience, a small expression, a small manifestation. That's why Paul said, I pray that you would get an illumined, enlarged heart. I pray that, that in the inside of you, a, a, ray, a laser beam of the light of God's glory would come so that you could get a revelation of, of the love of God and how incredible he is in your life. Because that revelation and your, your willingness to receive that revelation is impacting your life and it's the most important thing about you. The idea of the Spirit held by the average church member so vague as to be nearly non-existent. That's what Tozer said. Tozer, great man of God. I know it's not the Bible, but I do believe that it's sadly, the church has very little understanding. The Father, the Jesus, but Holy Spirit's kind of like Casper the Friendly Ghost. You know, he breathes in, breathes out every once in a while. But you don't know him personally and encounter him personally, although he's in you and he abides in you and he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's there and he's your very best friend. You are anointed. You are smeared with the third person, the Godhead. Amen. Romans 12, 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I looked up the word never. It means never. So how often should I be full of zeal? How often should there be spiritual fervor? How often? And the word zeal means to boil, to bubble up, to blow your top. Woo! I mean, how often should that zeal be manifest? How often should spiritual fervor be manifest in our life? It should never be lacking. Hello! No partway praising. You know, some people got their hands at half-mast. A flag at half-mast signs that the person's dead. Don't put them at half-mast. Be full-on. Be big. Be bold. Be glorious. Can I get a hallelujah? How are you guys doing? Are you all right? Oh, good. All right. I'm really good. I'm really good. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, 37 to 39. If anyone thinks he's a prophet or spiritual. Does anyone here think they're a prophet? You should all think you're a prophet, every one of you. Everyone, because we're not a we're not a company that has prophets. We are a prophetic people. We are people who speak the words of God, who declare the things of God. And if anyone thinks you're a prophet or spiritual, does anyone think you're spiritual? 
You should all think you're spiritual. So this is to us. It's to everyone. All right. He should acknowledge that the things that I'm writing to you are a command of the Lord. It's a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So, my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy. Did you come today earnestly desiring to prophesy? Did you come today earnestly desiring to, to prophesy, to sing out, to declare the mysteries of God, to speak the demonic thrones in this region? I speak to you in the name of Jesus. Be gone. Did you come earnestly desiring? Man, we got the nursery bubbling up already. It's already happening. All right. Recognized is not recognized. Do not forbid. Desire prophecy and do not forbid. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. Anyone who thinks you're spiritual, it's the command of the Lord. Do not forbid. Well, I'm okay with speaking in tongues. I just don't do it. I don't care if some people want to do it. I'm not into it. But do not forbid speaking in tongues. Mark 16, 17, and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. Signs. These signs will follow you. You'll have these signs attached to your life. And these signs will declare, a believer, it's a believer, look, a believer. These signs are declaring, a believer's here, a believer's here, believer, believer, believer. These signs follow. When I drove to Disneyland, how did I know I got there? Because I saw the sign. I didn't stay at the sign and go, we're at Disney. Look at the sign. We're at Disney. Ooh, ooh, look at the sign. But I knew we were there, and then I enjoyed Disney. But I knew I was there. See, there's signs in your life that demonstrate you're a believer, and then people can camp around the glory of God in your life because they know the evidence of a believer is in manifestation. A little pitter-patter from the elf in the room. Ha! Oops. Ha! These signs will follow those who believe. What signs, pastor? What signs? In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Say they will. These signs will follow. What signs? Evidence, manifestations, expression of the anointing of God on your life that shatters the yoke of the devil, that shatters his kingdom, and brings into manifestation the reign and the rule of the king of kings and lord of lords. So these shines, shines, these shines, they should be manifest in a believer's life. Amen. All right, cessationism. Say cessationism. cessationism. Now this, sadly, is probably the way that about 90% of the churches in this city actually believe. And they believe this doctrine. It's not a doctrine from the word of God. It's actually a man-made doctrine and preached by people who think they're smarty pants. And it's only ignorant people that believe in the gifts of the spirit today. It's just people who are, you know, a little offside, a little like, woo-hoo, <laughs> woo-hoo. <laughs> Elevator doesn't go all the way to the top, so they do those funny spiritual things like speaking in tongues and really believing that God's presence is touching them. I mean, nonsense. Well, I'm telling you, this is nonsense. Cessationism is the view that the miracle gifts, the tongues, and the healings have ceased. That at the end of the apostolic age, it brought a cessation of miracles associated with the age. Now, in 393, 397, in Carthage, they had a meeting. A whole bunch of people got together, and they decided which books written by these people they would decide would be canonized, and these would become the Holy Scriptures. And so they said, because now we're mature and we've got the Bible, we don't need any extra biblical manifestations because God doesn't have to speak to us that way anymore because he now speaks to us with the Word. Hallelujah. And thank God for the Word. But it's not a, a four-part trinity. It's a three-part trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's still speaking today. Now, I want a little quiz. You ready? A little quiz for you. How many of the writers of the New Testament scriptures, how many of them were apostolic, prophetic, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost, Pentecostal believers? How many? Every single one of them. Every single one of them were fire-breathing, Pentecostal, tongue-talking, apostolic believers. Every one of them. And yet we're having people who are not Pentecostal, apostolic, tongue-talking, fire-breathing tell us how to interpret the scriptures. 
And they're all the smarty pants and all the, the big theological schools and all those things, training the Spirit of God right out of people. How are you? Are you okay? All right, good. Well, let's give me another slide. Uh, is that the next slide? Are you sure? Is it? Could be. I could be wrong. Oh, here it is. Love never ends. Say amen. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. This is where they get cessation from. This is where the whole doctrine comes from. It's right packed between chapter 14 and chapter 15 of Corinthians where Paul wanted to bring some balance to the gifts. And he said, the gifts are awesome and you should do it. You should prophesy. Don't forget, forbid speaking in tongues. Don't do that. But he said, you know what? Here's a way that works all the time. It's love. And anything that we do should be done in love. And then he says, love never ends. Prophecies will end. Tongues will cease. And listen to this. If tongues are going to cease and you're a cessationist, let's stay in the context of the sentence. What else will cease? Knowledge. And the same people who say that tongues will cease, then you have to, in the context, accept that then knowledge will cease too, which is just stupid. You don't have to be real smart to figure that one out. Some people have educated themselves out of the manifestation of the Spirit of God. It'll pass away. But lesson in the context, it says what? For, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, when? When all this ceases, when all this is going to stop, when is that? It's when we see face to face. See, right now we still live in this realm. We're still in between. Right now we're still living in this space. We got the kingdom now and we're coming into the full expression of it and it's all available, but we're still battling to see the full expression of it. We still grapple a little bit. We're still prophesying in part. We're seeing in part. But you see, when he comes, it's going to be face to face. And guess what? You don't have to have somebody say, thus saith the Lord, this is Jesus. Yay, Jesus is standing in front of you, says the Lord. Shut up. You know I'm here right here. I don't need that anymore because here you are. We will all be known as we are known and everybody will know. And so we don't need all that anymore because we'll be in the full expression of his kingdom. But you see, it's not going to cease. Tings. Tings are for today. (laughs) Tongues are for today. They are for today. Say, hurry up, pastor. Hurry up. Okay. All right. So we had a, we had an Anglican priest here last night. One of my dear friends. Actually, I love him to death. I really do. He's a good brother. But he was here and I said, last week I used the Westminster Confession to support my sermon. And this time I'm going to beat it up. So Westminster Confession of the Faith, section one on the Holy Scriptures says, those former ways of God that he revealed himself, those former ways being the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, in the Westminster Confession, it says, those former ways revealing his will to his people have now ceased. So it's a part of their doctrine. It's part of their position. And so you would say, why don't some of the other movements speak in tongues? Because they straight up just don't believe in it. But I want you to know, we believe in the full expression, gifts, and manifestations of the Spirit of God. We are a Pentecostal, apostolic, Holy Ghost, fire-breathing church on purpose. Amen. And it's okay. It's not strange and weird. It's actually very safe, but it's very, very powerful. And it's actually very, very orthodox and conservative in its biblical view. But it's powerful. All right, move on, pastor. All right, so continualism. I made that word up. Continue, continuationism. Continuation. I didn't make it up, actually. That is the belief that all of the gifts of the Spirit, including healing, tongues, miracles, are still in operation today, just as they were in the days of the early church. A continuationist is one who believes that the spiritual gifts have continued unabated since the day of Pentecost. And that's who we are. You know, I, I know that in, in the, and that the demonstration of signs and wonders and miracles, as witnessed in the apostolic era, should be the hallmark. Say hallmark. Hallmark. What's a hallmark? A hallmark. It's like a seal. It's like an amulet. It's like an authentication that every single church, the hallmark of any place that puts church above the door should be that there is evidence that God himself is manifesting himself there. And if that is not the hallmark, if that is not the defining aspect of our gatherings, then we should take church off the wall and say we're just some club that studies history lessons about a man 2,000 years ago. But if God's not here, I'm going golfing. Because I came to his house and I expect to encounter him and all that he is and every one of his words and blessings in Jesus' name, amen. How are you doing? I'll preach faster if you'll shout back at me. Hey! All right. All right. 
1350, you, you can study this all the way through church history. There's always been tongues. There's always been healing. There's always been manifestations. Always. Let's give you one guy. In 1350, St. Vincent Ferrar, he reported to have spoken in tongues while in Genoa. He spoke to a group of men and women of mixed language and backgrounds. All of them said they heard him in their own language. This is the story. Here's what follows. It's from Angel of Judgment, a life of St. Vincent Ferrar, published in 1953, page 137 to 138. In addition to tongues, Vincent healed the blind, the deaf, the lame, and those who were possessed. He raised some from the dead. His public miracles were in the thousands. That was back in the 1300s, just one guy. Now, the interesting thing about him that I liked was he would stand in a large crowd and he would speak in tongues. And the people in the crowd, there'd be somebody there going, he's speaking to me. He's speaking perfect Danish. Then another person goes, he's not. He's actually speaking perfect German. Then another said, he's not. It's perfect Italian. What's interesting is he spoke in a tongue, and the miracle wasn't that he spoke their language. The miracle was as he made an utterance in an unknown tongue, every one of them heard in their own language. So it was one person speaking, but the miracle wasn't that he spoke the language. The miracle was that they all heard their own specific dialect. And in Acts chapter 2, if you study it out, the word is they came out with a sound. There was a sound. They spoke in tongues. There was a sound. And it says every person heard their own dialect. There was a sound that went out. A sound. And yet the people listening heard perfect uh, languages from the countries they came from. So was it a miracle of speaking or was it a miracle of interpreting? And that word went to them. Many people say, oh, they spoke in languages. But it doesn't say dialects. It says they heard dialects, but it says they spoke sounds. Go look it up. I don't care which way you want to have it. It was a miracle every which way. It really was. I'm good with it any which way. But with this fellow specifically, he spoke in tongues, and every person there heard what he shared, heard the gospel in their own tongue. Pretty cool stuff, huh? Hey. Hey. <laughs> yum, yum. Drink, drink. Have some more. Okay. Where was I? All right, tongues. Tongues restored to the church. Now, tongues weren't really restored to the church January 1st, but a whole movement of it was manifest. The whole Pentecostal movement was kind of restored in the early 1900s. Men were preaching about it. Charles Parnham, many other men, there were people, they didn't have the experience themselves, but they preached about it. That sounds weird, doesn't it? I'm preaching. I believe in the baptism of spirit for today. I believe that the gift of tongues should be in operation today. I believe that we should hunger for this. I believe that tongues, all of us, should experience speaking in tongues. There was people preaching it and yet personally not experiencing it. Over and over again, preaching, preaching, preaching. It's a day of tongues. It's a day where that miracle is going to be restored to us. It's a day where that gift is going to come in operation. Preaching, preaching, preaching. And the preachers didn't even have the manifestation themselves. It's like today, you have people preaching, healing is for today. Well, nobody got healed. Healing is for today. I didn't see anybody getting healed. Healing is for today. I didn't see any healing. Healing is for today. Pop, 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 pop. They preached tongues and had no expression of it. But finally, January 1st, 1901, a young woman named Agnes Osmond, she was baptized in the Holy Spirit in a small Bible college in Topeka, Kansas. Osmond received a startling manifestation of the gifts of tongues and became the first Pentecostal of the 20th century. Boom. That started that same group of people, uh, a fellow named William Seymour. He went to the Bible school there, and they made him sit outside in the hall. They left the door open, a little crack so we could hear. They did that because he was a black man. And so he had to sit in the hall, and he could only listen to the lectures from outside the door. But he heard about tongues. He heard them teaching it. He heard that it had happened for a few people. Some people were actually manifesting it. He went, and he began to preach in Los Angeles in, in an old horse barn in a, in a Sousa Street, in a broken up end of town. He went, and he began to preach about this and cried out for it, and they prayed for it. And the power of God hit a group of people, and the Holy Spirit baptized a whole group of people. And suddenly, they, they would call fire trucks and say, you got to come down here, put out the fire. And the place wasn't on fire. It was the Spirit of God. It was so tangible. People thought it was literally on fire. People would be coming towards the meetings. They'd be, they'd be coming three, four blocks away, and the Spirit of God would begin to touch them and move on them. People would manifest the Spirit of God. People, ladies with long ponytails, would, would spin their ponytails. Their ponytails would snap under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Man. 
I mean, young, old, rich, poor, of every ethnicity. Didn't matter who you were. The Holy Spirit didn't discriminate. He fell on the whole place and whacked everybody who showed up. And the same thing happened in the Welsh Revival. And they both were under the same name, the same tag. They hung out together. And in the beginning, they were called the Apostolic Faith Mission. Boom. Pentecost just exploded, and our roots are tied to that. And the roots of most Pentecostal movements today are tied to those movements. In uh, April 19th of 1906, there was a, a massive earthquake in San Francisco. But the day before, on April 18th, the front page of the paper, the front page of the papers, you can go to the next one, the front page of the papers in April 18th, readers of the same paper, Los Angeles Times, front page of Los Angeles Times. It says, an earthquake is as hit. Los Angeles. Uh, it's funny, eh? It says a spiritual earthquake that hit Los Angeles in this little mission in Azusa Street the night before. The headline was Weird Babble of Tongues. A new sect of fanatics is breaking loose. Wild scene last night on Azusa Street. Gurgles of wordless talk by a sister. On the front page of the newspaper. Tongues. Oh my goodness. Tongues. What are we talking about today, Pastor? We're talking about tongues. We're talking about tongues. Amen. All right. Now, Charles Cairns, Charles Cairns said this. He said, tongues is the only spiritual gift deliberately designed to attack a man's ego and pride. It exposes insincerity, self-centeredness, falsity, and other negative traits in believers. Charles Cairns was a cessationist. He, he was a contemporary of all the folks at Dallas Theological and Fuller, was a you know, full-on cessationist Bible teacher, but he got whacked in the Holy Ghost. And what happens when you've been teaching all your life against something, and then it happens to you? just messes you up because you know I don't mind preaching against something but now I've experienced it now oh my goodness oh my goodness I remember preaching when I first got here I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit but I had a sermon I preached about the power of God and it was like they were drunk it wasn't like drunk fall down laugh and be silly it was the zeal of the Holy Ghost you know how drunk people are bold amen they'll tell you stuff they wouldn't normally tell you because they're bold and it was not drunkenness and falling over themselves it was the boldness of God to speak the word of God hallelujah then a year later I got whacked in the Holy Ghost snot faced fell on the floor couldn't drive couldn't do nothing and I went and got that tape pulled it out went that's rubbish because suddenly I had an experience that trumped I, I had a head bypass God went and invaded my heart with something and then I had to get my head to catch up with what the spirit was doing in my life sloppy messed up full of joy looking like drunk people at nine in the morning fell out of that building babbling and making utterly weird noises and God was all over it Amen. It was just for them, though. It was just to start stuff off. He just did weird, creepy stuff to get things started. He doesn't do it anymore because we don't want to freak anybody out, right? Okay. Charles Cairns also said this, because of its unique attack on the human intellect, tongues remains the eternal watch guard. At the gate, in a very calculated way, of this, of this gift protects the other gifts from exploitation. The Holy Spirit will not allow us to choose one charisma and reject another. I know it's just Charles Cairns. It's just him saying this. But he really found it's interesting when he was baptized and the Holy Spirit began to speak in tongues, suddenly the other manifestation of the Spirit began to happen in his life. Suddenly healing, words of knowledge, prophecy, all these things began to bubble up in his life and became easy. But he kind of felt personally, this really seemed to be connected to his willingness to push back on his intellect and say tongues is for today and operate in it and, and be excessive in it. And he said, it seemed to be as I stepped into that, it opened the door for me to operate in all the other gifts. Now listen, I like this last phrase. The Spirit will not allow us to choose one charisma and reject another. It's not like you're coming to the buffet of the things of God. And, hmm, some prophecy. Yes, I'd like a little of that. Have a little of that. And, hmm, oh, some words of knowledge. That's good. Discerning of spirits. That's good. Working of miracles. I'd like some of that. And, oh, tongues. Hmm. I'm on a gluten-free diet. So let's just, let's just pass on the tongue. The tongue's kind of, has tongue got gluten in it? I don't know. But I think people think, like, you know, we'd like that. We'd like healing. We'd like all this other stuff. But we'll pass on the tongues. And I like what he said. You know, tongues seem to be that first thing that was manifest. Everywhere in the Bible, it says when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in new tongues. Everywhere. Now, I'm not saying you can't have the fullness of Spirit without speaking in tongues. I'm not saying that. But I believe that if the Bible, it's always there, 
I think it should be considered as important. And I do think if there's a gift given to me from the Holy Spirit that will enhance my life, I should say, I'll have some, please. Hello. Hotoro, shitara de distende, mubrosta lamanda, ricararabashanda la bobrostorabo. You're one of those churches. Yes. Ha ha. It's my favorite tongue. Ha ha. Ho ho. Okay, let's move on. Threefold believers ministry in tongues. Hallelujah. We're going to go. We're going to go. That's a ministry to God. It says when you speak in tongues, when someone is speaking in tongues, they're ministering to God. So there's threefold ministry of the believers in tongues. Number one, you minister to God when you speak in tongues. Who wants to minister to God? Who wants to bless the Lord? Who wants to speak to the Lord and honor him and bless him? It says when you're doing it in tongues, you're speaking to God, you're ministering to the Lord. All right? I was in the UK. I was in a meeting with all kinds of preachers and people from all over the world. So beautiful. Can't believe it. They asked me to be the opening speaker. Can't believe it. But we had a lot of fun. And I had standing there worshiping with people. And there's a guy beside me going, And I go, you speaking in tongues? He goes, no, I'm speaking Danish. I don't even know if that's Danish, but anyways. Then another guy, he's praising the Lord in something else. And another person praising over here. And there's people from all over the world, all languages, all praising the Lord in their own language. And I had to walk up. Hey, excuse me. I can't understand what you're doing. I can't understand the tongue you're using. Please stop, because any tongue has to be interpreted. But then he turned to me and said, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the Lord. Oh. Well, don't all the tongues have to be interpreted? If I'm talking to God and not to you, I'm not talking to you. Therefore, you, didn't even, you don't need to know what I'm saying to the Lord. So not every tongue has to be interpreted. See, there's some people who think, well, if there's a tongue and no interpretation, that's not of God. That's not true. Pfft, wrong. Wasn't talking to you. Ready? Say that with me. I wasn't talking to you. Shoot up. Be, be nice. Thank you, Pastor Cheryl. Thank you. You should have been here last night because I was kind of rough. Kind of rough. But. Number two, ministry to yourself. You could be speaking in tongues and you're not talking to another person either. You're still talking to you now. Because it says when you speak in tongues, you build yourself up. I walked out here last night. I drove some people home and I thought, I am going to have to go run around the block about 10 times because I was jacked up. I was speaking in tongues all night, preaching, speaking in tongues. And when we went out here, I was like, I could barely feel the steering wheel. And then they're going, no drinking and driving, Pastor. I said, I think it's too late. You know, I was like, Lord Jesus, help me. I got to settle down. I thought I'm going to have to go run around the block a few times. I won't be able to sleep tonight if I don't get this buzz off me. You know what I mean? Hey, you ever got whacked in the Holy Ghost? Man, I tell you, it was good stuff. Hallelujah. All right, so you edify yourself. The third thing is minister to others. Then the other thing says, now if there's a tongue for interpretation, let one bring a tongue and let another interpret. How many have seen that? And that used to be the typical way it was done. There was a tongue and then there was an interpretation. But we came from an apostolic stream. And in the apostolic stream, we had prophets who we expected to prophesy. And you didn't have just tongues and interpretations. You also had prophecy. <clears throat> and so we had people, actually, Bill Hermiston has been recognized for a long time in our national movement as in the office of a prophet. Bill's the kind of guy who he doesn't prophesy because the spirit of prophecy is in the room. If, if I tell Bill, what's the word of the Lord on that? Bill, Bill will give me a word from the Lord. Bill doesn't need the right atmosphere or the right time. I could call Bill, wake him up in the middle of the night, go, Bill, what's the word of the Lord? This is the word of the Lord. And he could do it because he's a prophet. You know what prophets do? They prophesy. And I know with Bill, I can put a demand on that. When, when our movement was deciding about a new leader 10 years ago, we called Bill and a couple other prophetic people and said, we're going to be considering a new leader for the movement. We want you to be praying about it. And so in the meeting, they decided that I should be the leader. And I went, whoa, that's kind of strange. A few years back, they wanted to kick me out. Now suddenly, they want me to be the leader. That was really good. Anyways, so I'm like, this is good. But they said, let's check with the prophets. Put the guys on speakerphone, and every one of the prophets said, the hand of the Lord is on Carl for this season. And they all went, praise the Lord. Wow, that's pretty cool, eh? That's, that's the way you operate. That's the way you do things. You know, my dad's church in uh, Ponapreeth, you know how they started that church? It was Church Planting 101. Here's what they did. A family was sitting there one Sunday, and the Lord spoke to them and said, next week, two families are going to come join themselves with you. Like, oh, thank you, Lord. Praise Jesus. So the next Sunday, two families came and joined themselves. They knocked on the door and said, the Lord told us to come here. 
And they went, yes, Lord told us you were coming. Come, sit down. The three families sat down. An eight-year-old child with them stood up and said, come back next week. I'm sending your pastor. They said, oh, praise the Lord. They left. The next week, tap, tap, tap. And the door guy says, I was in a meeting outside of here a few weeks ago with a prophet and apostle. They spoke over me. They gave me your address. They said, a church is gathering here, and I'm to come as your pastor. Praise the Lord. He told us that last week, too. Welcome, pastor. And the church was born. But what we do now is we get a whole bunch of flyers, we blitz an area, phone a bunch of people, we, we just put up, you know, we do studies and investigate and do all kinds of stuff, and we rent a place, and we, we, we get our best worship band and everything, and hey, everybody come. And that's awesome, and that's great, and we can do that. But isn't it amazing when God is the one who initiates the plant? Could we do that again, Lord? Is that in our DNA, Father? Oh, and sound! I don't even know why that's happening. But I think God's doing something there. I really do. He keeps on pushing my buttons on that, as strange as that is. But God's doing a work. Lord, open that door and own sound right now. Speak to people, families, people who need to experience the DNA of what we have. I pray for you. We'll open a door and open a connection. In the name of Jesus, whatever you're stirring here, we call it out. Own sound in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I think I've been there once in my whole life. I don't even know anything about it. But anyways, praise the Lord. All right, throw that out there. Okay, let's move. Say move, Pastor. All right, let's go. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, I pray with my spirit, the Holy Spirit that is within me. I will also pray intelligently with my mind and my understanding. Now listen, I'm going to pray unintelligently, and I'm going to pray intelligently. All right, because the one says, I'll pray with my mind and my understanding. The other one is, I'll pray with my spirit, and I won't know what's going on. So there's one where you pray with your spirit. Here it is. You ready? I don't know what I prayed, but I know I prayed the will of God. And the interesting thing about this is when you are praying in the spirit, guess where you are? You're in the spirit. When you pray in tongues, you are in the spirit. When you pray in tongues, you're always in the spirit and you're always praying the will of God. Ha! I'm preaching better than you're listening. I don't know. Okay, let's move on, Pastor. Let's go. Okay, advantages. Let's talk about the advantages for speaking in tongues. You ready? Number one is you get to call forth secret truth. You get to call forth secret truth. Ooh. Sounds a bit Gnostic to me, Pastor. Sounds a bit strange. There's lots of charismatic Gnosticism. But I don't mean to be weird or creepy. It's not, it's not your special, but God wants to do this. It's a very natural, common operation in a believer. All right? 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. And no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Say mysteries. So when you're in the Spirit, you're speaking in tongues, you're in the Spirit, you are speaking mysteries. Now... If mysteries is what I'm speaking, I want to know what it is I'm speaking. So I looked up the word mysteries. Mysteries. Hidden thing, secret thing, mystery. Generally, mysteries, religious secrets, confounded only to the initiated and the not to the ordinary mortal. A hidden thing, not obvious to the understanding, a hidden purpose or a counsel. So this isn't, this isn't for people who've got some special status or they become holy enough to do it. This is for just straight up tongue-talking believers. All right? Tongue-talking believers, when you speak in tongues, you are speaking mysteries of God. Give me another slide. Let's keep going. Vines Expository Dictionary, interesting dictionary, but W.E. Vines was a cessationist. He didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but anyways, he defined mysteries, so it's good. That which being outside the range of unassisted natural apprehension, that which can be known only but by divine revelation and is made known to those who are illuminated by the Spirit. Interesting definition for a cessationist. But there is a mystery. There is something outside of human capacity, something outside of the natural realm, something that is of have divine origin and has divine consequence in the here and now. When you're speaking in tongues, you're calling forth the mystery of God in the here and now. Give me another slide. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God that I have a revelation of his grace. I thank God that I got a revelation of his love. I thank God that he saved me and baptized me in water. I thank God. Here's what he said. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. That's the apostle Paul. What's he thank God for? I thank God I speak in tongues more than anyone I know. I don't think he's boasting in that. He's just trying to say tongues is a big, big deal in my life. Say tongues is a big deal. Really is. It's not something you should just, yeah, I did that once or twice. It, kinda, it was kind of weird, but I'm in. Da, da, da. Yeah, I got it. Paul said I do it all the time. 
I do it all the time. When I'm driving, when I'm walking around the office, I'm just, da 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 ba sha da da ba Because I don't even know what else to say right now. That was crazy. Hoo-ra-da-da-ba-ba-ba-sha-da-da. I don't want to pray what I want to pray because I don't got good mind on that right now, but I'm going to pray the will of God. Thank God for the gift of tongues. And when I speak that, I'm speaking mysteries. Now listen, question, is there a purpose for speaking in tongues more than everyone else? Is there something in that? I mean, did Paul actually attach something to the fact that he spoke? I mean, how did it affect his ministry? What was it about that? Now I'm going to drop this on you, all right? Here, give me a slide. Boom. 1 Corinthians 4.1, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. The same word. Paul, I am a steward of the mysteries of God. And when you speak in tongues, what are you speaking? You're speaking the mysteries of God. And I'm a steward of the mysteries of God. And moreover, it was required of a steward that one be found faithful. He was to be faithful to the mysteries of God that he was a steward of. And speaking in tongues was declaring and speaking the mysteries of God. Can we make any connection there? Maybe. Give me another slide. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 16, only a part of it there. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Same word. The hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages of glory. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And when you're praying in the spirit, it says the spirit is coming along and making intercession with you with groanings that cannot be uttered. What's a groaning that cannot be uttered? It's a groaning that is not a dialect. It's a groaning that is not intelligible. It's a groaning of the Spirit of God where you become partnering with the Spirit of God to bring into manifestation his mysteries in the here and now. There are mysteries of God for today. There are things that he wants to do today. There's revelation, present day truth that God wants to manifest today. There are mysteries that he's hoping that the church will partner in to bring an expression in the earth today. And when you speak in tongues, you partner with him in speaking hidden mysteries and revelations of what God desires to do today. Now, God, God's already given us everything we need to know. There's stuff God wants to do today. There's things God wants to do today that have been hidden in ages past, but now it's time for the revelation. And he's looking for churches that want to move in present truth. And it's not, it's not, present truth doesn't mean it's not the truth. Truth is truth. Jesus is truth. It doesn't mean there's some other type of truth. But if you think you've got all the truth, praise God, I'll put the mic down. You come. I got some. You got some. We all got some. But you know, when we step into the spirit, we got it all. Even the deep, unfathomable things that God, the Spirit, wants to bring in in a revelation. And I think Paul knew that the ministry of tongues had a big deal to do with walking in present-day manifestations and mysteries of God. Throwing it out there. Take it or leave it. Buck 50, you can get a coffee. All right, 2 Peter 3, 15 to 16. Here's Peter. Peter had a personal relationship with Jesus. Peter, who, who walked with Jesus, had fellowship with Jesus, intimately spent time with him for like over about a period of three years. Here's Peter. Here's what Peter has to say about our beloved, our beloved brother Paul. According to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all of his epistles, speaking in them of the things which in, are sometimes hard to understand. Here's Paul moving in revelation that's way beyond what Jesus had shared with these three guys. And he opened their minds to understand all the scriptures. He opened their minds and breathed on them the spirit of God. And yet here's Peter who's, who's not saying, hey, Paul, chill, buddy. I knew Jesus way before you did. I've forgotten more about Jesus than you know. I know what kind of tissues he liked. I knew what temperature he liked his bottled water right after he preached. I knew more about him than you. No, he didn't even say hey, it's a competition to see who knows him better. He understood this guy's packing some incredible revelation. What God's poured into his heart is pretty deep and pretty amazing. And here's a guy walking in revelation for that day, which is powerful and real. And that people were coming into revelation and understanding. And I think Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Let's go to number two. Say number two, pastor. We're going to go fast now. You ready? Number two, real simple. It's a commandment of God. It's not a suggestion of God. It's the commandment of the Lord. I will pray in my spirit. I'm writing this to you. It's the command of the Lord. Jude, pray in the Holy Spirit. Number three, 
Number three, you charge up your faith. You build yourself up in your most holy faith when you pray in tongues. You edify yourself when you pray in tongues. Four, brings your tongue under subjection. If you can't say anything nice about somebody, if you got nonsense and gossip and slander coming in your mouth, my tongue was just about to say something. Hallelujah. I'm getting jacked up here. Wow, I'll tell you, whoa, glory to God. It's biblical. I'm feeling it. Juice of heaven is rolling. Number five, engage the spirit realm. Ephesians 5, 18, 17, but filled with the spirit, speak to one another psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Oh, spiritual songs. That's that hymn book, you know, put out by the, no, spiritual songs is a song of the spirit. It's a, Rebeste briorabondo, quita la rarabasta, la mandiride, rebe rarabobosende, I've been in meetings, man. Back in the Jesus movement, things we used to go down to Elam Bible Institute when we were there. We had hundreds of people, and the song of the Lord would roll across the congregation. It would just roll back and forth like a wave. It was like God Himself orchestrating the thing. And all you heard was and it was just waves of glory. But we've all got, you know, we're too smart now, you know. Like we want to be acceptable. We want to be careful. Don't want to get weirding anybody out, right? So we don't want people coming in and a whole group of people singing in tongues, waves across the building. That would be weird, right? We want to reach the lost. We don't want to creep them out. Tell you, the lost walk into that, they'll get the creeps out and they'll, they'll get some Jesus in them, you know. Hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in their heart unto the Lord. Number six. Give glory to God, for indeed the person speaks in tongues. Give thanks well. You give thanks well when you sing in tongues. You give thanks well when you pray in tongues. Acts 2.11, speaking in our own tongues. That's what I already told you about. It says that's the word dialect. They spoke in a dialect, whereas when they spoke in tongues, it was a sound. They spoke in a sound. There was a sound. They heard something, but what it came to them as, it was their own dialect that reached their ears. Giving glory to God. Number seven. Manifesting the Spirit's embrace. Acts, I love this because, you know, it's in Acts chapter 10, Peter's preaching. He's not even expecting anything to happen, but the Holy Ghost falls on all these Gentiles. And it says, on the Gentiles also was poured out. And that word poured out, here, I'll show you what poured out means. Here's what it means. You ready? Here's what it means. That's what poured out means. When, when the, uh, the, the story about the prodigal son, it says the father ran after him and he poured himself all over him. He embraced him. He just grabbed him. Ah! The Holy, I saw the Holy Spirit just embrace all those Gentiles. I mean, something tangible happened. They got whacked in the Holy Ghost for they heard them. What did they do? I heard them speak in tongues. Say tongues. Hallelujah, tongues. Thank you, Lord. All right, give me another one, number eight. Fulfill the great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature, right? It says, go lay your hands to sick, all those things. And it says, and they shall speak with new tongues. I mean, you're fulfilling the, the great commission is just to go share the gospel. It's also to manifest the signs of your believerdom. I just made that word up, your believerdom. <laughs> Might be a word, I don't know. You're, I'm a believer. Oh, go on, there's no signs. Oh, where's the signs? You know, when I go, I'm trying to find a Harvey's. Oh, there's a sign, Harvey's. I love their burgers. Any believers around here? Oh, there's one right now. Ha. Okay, but you know what? It's not good for unbelievers. Well, that's actually not true. It says, therefore, tongues are a sign for who? They're a sign not to those who believe, but to the unbelievers. Well, you know, we're just trying to be like a seeker-sensitive church. We're just trying to be more understanding of those who are searching and seeking and trying to learn more about God. So we don't want to creep them out by speaking in tongues. Well, the Bible says the way you speak to unbelievers is, We had a gal here we brought last night. She's from Iran. Picked her up, and uh, Talia, a friend of hers, brought her here, and she's sitting there, and it was messy last night. We got speaking in tongues, and she's Googling all kinds of stuff, trying to figure out what are these people doing. And I'm like, well, how was that tonight? What was that like? Oh, that was good. It was interesting, you know? But she, you know, first time walking in a church. She's only been in North America for like two or three months, and she came into a Holy Ghost church, and the pastor's preaching on tongues. 
And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm taking a girl from Iran. She's never heard this before. I better change my sermon and just talk about Jesus loves you. Because I'm going to freak her out with this one. Well, be freaked out if necessary. But praise God, she saw a sign. She saw some evidence. And we believe we'll keep praying for her. And we'll see her in the kingdom. Amen. Number nine. Helps you proclaim and call into manifestation the perfect will of God. Call into manifestation the perfect will of God. What do we mean by that? Right there. We talked about it last week, Romans 8, 26, 27. The Spirit helps. Comes alongside of you. Sunanti lambanomai. He helps you in your weakness. That weakness is maladity. It's, 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 uh, uh, makia. It's, uh, it's illness. It's, it's like in your, in your weakness to even manifest anything, the Spirit comes alongside of you and He takes up intercession. Where you can't get results, He can get results. He comes in the place of weakness where you're unable to get a manifestation. He comes alongside with groanings which cannot be uttered. He searches the deep things, the mind of the spirit. He makes intercession according to the will of God. So where you can't bring into manifestation the will of God, when you speak in tongues, uttering things that can't be uttered, you're calling forth. We, oh, what are we going to do about this? Oh, this is so freaking me out. I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, I got to take a pill to go to sleep. I can't sleep. I'm a mess. I'm exhausted. I can't take it anymore. Stop it. Not only did I just pray the will of God, but I'm not tired. I'm not beat up. I'm full of the juice of heaven, and I'm ready to jump over a wall, run through a troop. Glory to God. I'm not going to get stressed out and wigged out about the things that make me anxious. Stop it. In every situation where you don't know what to do, you've got an advocate. You've got someone who can partner with you and intercede with you, and you can turn every situation around for the glory of God. That was it, eh? Okay. One more slide. That's all I got. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will lay their hands to the sick and they will recover. Come on, stand up with me. Jesus. Next week, talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Week after that, talking about the anointing. And you know, your advantage, and we want you to understand the advantage that you have because I want you to manifest it. I want you to operate in it. Can I get a Holy Ghost amen? amen. Jesus. Let's pray. Everybody pray. All the believers are praying. And just try praying in that language. Go ahead. Listen, if you're here today and you wandered in, and I want you to know that God's forgiven you. He loves you. He's nuts about you. And he wants to bring you into restoration with your Heavenly Father. He wants to connect you wants to put you right back into your eternal destiny. He, you've never lived an unloved moment. He's always been there. But he wants you to come home. He wants you to come home. And what you're feeling is an appeal of the Spirit of God to you. It's the Spirit speaking to you saying, come on home. You know, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never done that, I want you to do it right now. And what you're feeling, what you're experiencing is his love and his grace tugging on your heart. And I'm just going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. And at the count of three, what I want you to do is if you want us to pray for you, and we're all going to pray together. If you say, I want to do that, Pastor, you just lift your hand up really high so I can see it and say, hey, I'm in on this. I'm in on this, Pastor. Pray for me. You ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand really high, really high. Thank you. Anyone else? Lift your hand really high so we can see it. Really high. Anyone else? You can still do it. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, we're all going to pray. You put your hand up. I want you to pray. I want you to pray, and we're all going to pray with you. Are you ready? Here it is. Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for restoring me to my Heavenly Father. I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior, and as my Redeemer. Come into my life. Holy Spirit, right now, testify with my spirit that I am a child of God. Thank you. I declare that I am forgiven, I am healed, and I am free 
In Jesus' name, amen. That was good stuff right there. All right. Now listen, I don't know when the last time you really gave a good old speaking in tongues. But you know, I want you to, I pray, my desire is that you'd have a fresh revelation of how important it is. And maybe you've never done it. Maybe you say, wow, you know, I've never done it. So we're going to pray another prayer. We're all going to pray. You ready? Here it is. It says, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> all right now i want you to open up your heart because right out of your belly there flows a river now it doesn't say that the holy spirit took over and all of a sudden they went it says they spoke they spoke they spoke in new tongues so i just want you to speak because you're baptized in the holy spirit because if you ask jesus to baptize in the holy spirit he's going to saturate you and pickle you with the holy ghost says anyone who asks for the spirit is not going to get a rock or a, a you know a scorpion or something strange you're going to get the spirit it's the father's good will to give to you the kingdom the fullness of the spirit of god so one of the gifts that you can unpack with that right now is tongues and that's an evidence it's not just the evidence but it is an evidence that the holy spirit's there and he's right there and we just talked about the benefits of it today and i just want everyone right now just begin to pray in tongues Ready? Shebro, Robo Sanda, Kepe Besh, the Gesta Rabrasta, Sebriarabobosta, Brasta, Regi Araba. Keep praying, keep praying. Ibere, Rebebeste, Babiasta, Barasta Raba. Now, if that's you, you've never done it before, start. Go, Baba, Shebebeste, Grababa. Just speak, go speak now. Loose it right now. Speak it out. Speak it out in the name of Jesus. Rebe, Rabobostambran, the Rebeste, Rabababa, Shutorobori, Araba, Braba, Braba. It's a heavenly language flows out of your belly, right? now in the name of Jesus Ropo listen is there anyone here you'd be bold enough to say you know what I've never done that before that was the first time I've ever actually spoken in tongues thank you thank you anyone else first time I'd ever done that wow anyone else anyone first time I've done that in a long time Pastor you know, you should be doing it every day. I tell you what, there's, there's confusion and messy stuff in your life. Speak in tongues. And I pray, I pray for a little bit of conviction of the Holy Ghost on that right now. You know, this isn't something that you, you leave dormant in your life, pray in tongues. If you're confused or things are messed up, he'll realign things for you and he'll do it for you. It's a season, it's a new season, and I'm bringing you in, and it's right now. You're about to move into a place where you have never gone before. There's no landmarks on this journey, but I'm taking you away where the only landmark is you're going to keep your eye on me, and I will guide you and I direct you, because I'm doing a new thing. And because it's a new thing, it's not been perceived or spoken of before, but it's something fresh. And don't be afraid, because I'm looking for pioneers in this day. I'm looking for people that are willing to leave the safe place and are willing to journey with me into what I desire to do in this hour. There's revelations of the apostolic. There's revelations of the prophetic, and it's a season and a time now for the revelation and restoration of these things. I'm going to use my church in ways that people have dreamed about and thought about, and this is a time and a season, says the Lord, that I'm about to move you. You are about to disembark right now. You are about to disembark into a new season and a new journey with me. This is a new day, and you're going to cross over into something big, and it'll be a period and a time of acceleration, says the Lord. You're no longer going to go from seed time to harvest, but it'll be seed, harvest, seed, harvest, seed, harvest get your running shoes on because I'm about to move get ready to accelerate in the spirit because I will move you says the Lord in this new season and it'll move rapidly and the things you've declared the things you've spoken the things you have uttered in faith and hoped you would see they will begin to come into manifestation because in this hour I will glorify myself says the Lord and I will cause all the nations of the world to see the glorious dawning of an age of my kingdom and a manifestation of my power and of my glory says the Lord your God Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peste, prabasta, rabasta. Jesus. Can I get those who are on ministry team? Come on up here. If you're on ministry team today, I want to bless you and send you on your way. I'm sorry I took a little bit longer. It wasn't my fault. It was actually the Holy Spirit. 
He wanted to go a little longer today. I don't even know why, but it was all about him. See, these couple over here, they're full of the glory of God. Look at that. Don't you want them to pray for you? Look at these guys full of the glory. We even need some more prayer people over here. Who's praying over here? Need some prayer people over here. We got a couple coming over here. Fantastic. This side's a little weak. We need we need another person over here. Michael, you coming over here? Just grab Brian. He'll pray with you. And uh, come on. If you need prayer, the altar is open. If, if you've been yet to break through to tongues, just want you to embrace that. It's for you. How many are going to pray in tongues a little bit more? Just because of today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I bless this house. I thank you for each and every one of them. Thank you for the fact that we as a group were taken the DNA of this house to India next week and doing some great exploits. Thank you for a church that's partnering with us and praying for us, and we know you're going to do great exploits for your honor and for your glory. So Lord, I bless this house, each and every one, with the love of the Father, with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and may the fullness and the full expression, full knowledge of partnership of the person of the Holy Ghost be with each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Come on, the altars are open.